if you want to belong, you need right credentials. If you want to get into a university, you need to meet their standard of GPA. Uh, you cannot be a citizen of a nation unless you are born in the right place or speaking as a naturalized citizen here, go through a lengthy process to prove your bona fides and prove why you deserve citizenship. You cannot be a part of a neighborhood unless you are already inside the boundary lines. Membership in every human community depends on our ability to demonstrate that we deserve our seat at the table. That's how every human organization, every human group and association works. Whether it's citizenship, whether it's applying for a job, in order to belong, you need to show yourself that you deserve to belong. The Church of Jesus Christ is the only place on earth where the outsiders become the insiders, not because they possess the right credentials, not because they can prove that they deserve a seat at the table, but Church of Jesus Christ is the only organization on earth where outsiders become the insider because Jesus welcomes those that do not belong. Jesus welcomes those that do not have the right credentials, and Jesus welcomes those who can never prove that they have the right. And indeed, that is the first thing that we see here. We see in this passage the ultimate outsider, the ultimate outsider. And so listen, as the scripture tells us, now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now this is the road that leads to Egypt and beyond. And on that road, Philip met an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace. Now in the first century Greco-Roman world, Ethiopia meant the region of Nubia south of Egypt. And that region... Uh, historians tell us, was uh, successfully ruled by queens, and they were all called the Candace, uh, in a way that is similar to how the Roman emperors were all called Caesar. And somehow this man, an Ethiopian, he was drawn to the God of Israel, and he had come to Jerusalem to worship, and he was returning but of course we know, don't we, that as a Gentile, even if he had come to Jerusalem to worship God, he would not have been welcomed inside the temple. And the most that he could do was to be limited to the court of the Gentiles and be an outsider looking in as the people of Israel worship the God of Israel. So apparently this man, this influential powerful man who was in charge of the treasuries of Candace, traveling on his chariot, accompanied by his servants, with all his wealth and privilege, could not do what he had come to do. He could only go as far as the court of the Gentiles, and there were guards standing saying, no, 
you cannot come in. In that sense, he was an outsider. But he was also an outsider because he was a eunuch. Uh, in those days, royal houses often appointed eunuchs to positions of great uh, responsibility. And I think the reason is very uh, obvious. Uh, being unable to have children, uh, eunuchs were not encumbered by the need to take care of their own households. And so the idea was that eunuchs could devote all their time and energy uh, to the welfare of the king's house. And of course, the eunuchs uh, were safe to have around king's women in the court, be it his wives or his harem, and ensure a legitimate line of succession. And so eunuchs in those days were often entrusted with great responsibility, and because of that, they had a measure of honor and privilege in the court. And this man, being in charge of Candace's treasury, he was a privileged man. He was a powerful man. He was an influential man. But his privilege, influence, prerogatives did not extend to the house of God because Deuteronomy chapter 23 tells us the eunuchs were forbidden from entering the assembly of the Lord. Not only could they not approach God to worship, but they could not even be counted as part of God's people. And of course, the reason being, so much of the Old Testament is teaching people that in order for you to have peace before the Holy God, you need to be whole. You need to be right. And often physical deformities and limitations uh, were symbolic of the disfiguring power of sin. And so much of Old Testament is teaching people constantly that unless you are whole, you cannot approach God. And so eunuchs uh, were not allowed to enter the assembly of the Lord. So first, as a Gentile, he's an outsider looking in. As a eunuch also, he's an outsider looking in. And he was also an outsider with respect to scripture. The spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. And so Philip ran to him, and then he heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I, unless someone guides me? You see, this man, he was not only shut out from the house of the Lord, and he was not only shut out from the assembly of the Lord's people, he was also shut out in terms of Scripture. He was not welcome in the house of the Lord that he had come to worship, and he was a stranger to God's ways. Every door was shut for him. And Philip, this man full of Scripture, full of the Holy Spirit, one of the best seven men the church had elected, God sent one of his best servants to this ultimate outsider because it is God's deep yearning to bring outsiders in and give them a home. And that brings us to the second point, the gospel brings us home. The gospel brings us home. The eunuch was reading from Isaiah chapter 53, 
And of course, this is a scripture that is very familiar to us. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life was taken away from the earth. And it seems that this passage gripped this man's attention because this is about a man who was abused, about, about a man who was mutilated, who suffered deep humiliation and injustice. Not only so, who can describe his generation? You see, he died before having any children. And I wonder, did this eunuch see himself in this passage? You know, I have to ask myself, did this man choose this life of a eunuch? More likely, given how long it usually took to prepare someone for service in the court, more like, most likely this man was taken as a young boy and was castrated against his will. Uh, he likely suffered violence against his body and lived with shame and hopelessness that he would never have family or children. And I think that's why he was so gripped by this passage, reading about someone who was violated, mutilated, who experienced great shame and injustice. And he says to Philip, about whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this, about himself or about someone else? And I wonder if this man, having come to Jerusalem to worship God, only to hear over and over again, you cannot come near. And this is a man who has heard his entire life, you cannot. I wonder if this man, as he was traveling home with a measure of disappointment, and as he came upon this passage, he was hoping against hope that he found himself in this passage of Scripture. Does the prophet say this about himself or about someone else. And then Philip, beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. You see, Isaiah was not speaking about himself, but he was speaking about Jesus. Because Jesus would be rejected as an outsider. Jesus would be violated, and he would be humiliated, and justice was denied him, and he was killed. And the wrongs done to Jesus were so deep and so far-reaching that there was no hope of recovery or redress. But the good news of Jesus Christ is that God, God caused this terrible suffering and death of Jesus to satisfy the claims of His holiness against sinners. And out of that death that Jesus suffered, God created new life for sinners. 
You see, this is why Jesus died. God created us, mankind, and he gave man, male and female, a body with which to serve him. He gave male and female tongues with which to praise him. He gave them abilities, intelligence, all with which to glorify God. But we have all turned them as instruments of evil and sin. So what do we deserve except the complete dissolution of unmaking of our whole being? This whole being that has been dedicated to rebelling against God. And that is why Jesus was unmade, undone, body and soul, to suffer the fate, the punishment that we deserve. And he was a lamb that was led to slaughter. He went in silence without a protest. And elsewhere in Scripture we read even that he went willingly, looking forward to the joy that was set before him. You see, Jesus, in his suffering and death, received the punishment of sin that you and I deserve. And he died the death that we deserve. But God, in his great mercy, caused that terrible evil to be the beginning of our new birth, where we receive forgiveness, grace, and a welcome. So that's the news that Philip shared with this eunuch. But surely, Philip went on to explain that Isaiah also has someone else in mind as well, because we read in this passage, beginning with this scripture, that that's an interesting word, because when you say beginning with something, it means it goes on, doesn't it? And I have no doubt that Philip began with Isaiah 53, and at the very least, went on to Isaiah 56. Because in Isaiah chapter 56, verse 3, this is what we read. Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, the Lord will surely separate me from his people. And let not the eunuch say, behold, I am a dry tree. For thus says the Lord, to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant, I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Isn't that glorious? All his life he was an outsider looking in, and no influence and no wealth could buy his way into God's kingdom, but God's grace. He welcomes outsiders, not because this eunuch could prove his worth, or he could argue that he deserved a seat at the table, but because that is God's heart and grace to welcome those that do not belong and to make them whole. This is God's grace. And so first, we saw the ultimate outsider, and secondly, we see how the gospel brings us home. And thirdly, and I ask, end with the question, what prevents you? What prevents you? Now, when they came to some water, the eunuch asked, what prevents me from being baptized? You see, his whole life was about being kept away. 
His whole life was about being prevented. Whether it was about his future and legacy or his place in the temple, the answer was always, no, you cannot. But when he asks, what prevents me from being baptized? Philip's answer is, nothing at all. Nothing prevents you. Nothing is stopping you. And he was baptized. And this eunuch went on his way rejoicing. Why? What does the meaning of baptism that it, that it filled his heart with such joy? You see, baptism was the promise and the sign that the lifelong outsider has become the ultimate insider. He has come to Jesus, and so he has come to be in Jesus, and Jesus has come to be in him. He could not enter inside the temple, but the Spirit of Christ has come to dwell in him and made him his dwelling place and temple. He had no future or, or hope, but God has given him a monument and a name better than sons and daughters, an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. So what prevents you? Maybe you also feel like an outsider looking in. Maybe you also feel like you don't belong. Uh, Here's the truth. You don't belong. (laughs) We cannot argue our credentials before God. We cannot prove to Him that we deserve a seat at the table. We are sinners. And as sinners, we deserve exclusion, rejection. But in the grace of God, nothing prevents you from coming to Him and being made whole. You know, isn't it interesting? All this story, we don't even hear the eunuch's name. I think that's fascinating because in a passage prior to this, we heard repeatedly the name of the great heretic, Simon the Magus. Isn't that fascinating? Someone who was demonstrated to have a wicked heart before God. We learn his name, but this man, we don't even know his name. And I think what had happened is that since his young age, he was simply known as the eunuch. So his whole identity was defined by his loss and pain. That's what he was. He has completely lost himself. But not in Jesus. I will give him an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. You see, I think this eunuch, he saw in Jesus all his shattered hopes and broken dreams Someone who was violated, someone who was humiliated, someone who was great, put to great shame and suffered great injustice, and that Jesus saying to him, but I suffer for you, that I may make you whole. And this eunuch, he saw in the face of Jesus and in the good news that Jesus understands his pain and loss even better than he does. And how Jesus with kindness, invited him 
I suffered and died for you. Come and behold, I will be your home. So what prevents you? Uh, Perhaps you are also an outsider looking in. Perhaps you also feel that you have been denied. You don't belong. And you feel as though every door has been shut before you. Jesus is inviting you. Nothing prevents you from coming to Jesus. Would you come to Jesus and know that he understands all your pain, all your loss, all your sorrows, and he says to you, I know, and I will make you whole. In Jesus' name, amen. Now let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word that we have just heard, how you, with your amazing grace, welcome this ultimate outsider, and you made him to belong. You made him whole, and you gave him grace. Oh God, we also confess that we are also broken that we do not have the right to stand before you. And at times, even, we feel so far from you. So remind us, O God, the wonderful grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that with his blood and righteousness on, to know that our sins are forgiven, that we have been declared righteous, that we have a place in your kingdom, and that you extend to us a warm and a loving welcome. And so may our hearts also be filled with great joy in your presence. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.